0: Hello there! My name's Mark, a.k.a. the Canardian, and this is episode 38 of the Holocron Chronicles. Charlie's out this week, and uh, we wish him, you know, all the best in his travels and everything else, and he'll be back, I think, for the next episode. But I am lucky enough to be joined by another trusty co-pilot and someone that hopefully our listeners know from, like, Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, You know her there as Ali Graz. Alex, how you doing? Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm doing great. I'm pumped to talk about Kenobi, as always. Yes.
0: yes. Uh, so yeah, this is this is a, a bit of a departure from what we've been doing for a little bit. So we've been doing like the recap, rewatch stuff, going through the whole Skywalker saga and and like all of the movies and and kind of doing like little recaps and this one we decided to to take a break from that before we get into the sequels so we'll be taking a little break through Kenobi and everything else and then jumping back into the sequels but for right now we decided let's do kind of a lead up to Kenobi and talk about some important Kenobi stories that maybe not you know were were featured like in the movies or anything you know everyone knows like yeah, episode four like yeah okay is a great introduction to you know the ending of Kenobi and like you know help me Obi-wan Kenobi or my only hope and then before we get the the prequels and, uh, and and that's kind of going to lead directly into the show we kind of get that in between time but like if you haven't seen the the Clone Wars series we wanted to kind of of jump into that and then you know and, and rebels as well so over the next couple of episodes we're going to be talking about some very important arcs in Kenobi's story, and I'm super happy that you're able to join me for this.
1: I am super excited. I love the Clone Wars. Um, Clone Wars Obi might be my favorite Obi. It's like a tie between that and Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan, but oh, yeah, Clone Wars Obi-Wan is such a great character.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the characters in the Clone Wars in general are so great because they, they have so much time to flesh them out. You know, in in a two hour or even a two and a half hour long movie, you can only focus on one character for so long. And they did a fantastic job, I think. Uh, you know, th- with what they were given. Um, you know, especially you and McGregor, is j- just brought so much energy to that character. But like, you're right on. Like that, the the way we got to know Kenobi and Anakin and everyone else in the Clone, Wars, but Kenobi especially um, was was really, yeah, really in depth and really brought a lot more to that character. And and I I said the same thing about even the Mandalorian quickly became one of, if not my absolute favorite character. But I think that's the benefit of having two seasons of a show that you really get to know that character and spend time with that character. And, and, you know, that just helps that develop.
1: Absolutely. The show's provide so much more than the movies can, and they really add depth to every single character. And I think that they better the movies. I, I always loved the prequels, but I had a greater appreciation for them after I started watching The Clone Wars.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Now, before we keep going on The Clone Wars and everything else, um, I want to get a little bit more into your Star Wars backstory. So <laughs> let's, let's get to know you as a character uh in star wars or at least your your origins in star wars so so how did you first get into the universe of star wars oh
1: my god it is a long journey um it's always been a part of my life because i have two older brothers and they were kids when the prequels came out i was born sometime around then um and so i just grew up having these older brothers who loved star wars they got lightsaber making kits for christmas they would have battles in the backyard but i didn't really understand it so much like they would force me to watch the prequels and i'd be like i'm four i don't (laughs) this is great i'm four years old so i grew up knowing it but i didn't really start watching it until high school um and into college and i always liked it appreciated it and i want to say like around lockdown I just really dealt, like I dived into it because what else was I going to do? And wow. that just planted the seed and my obsession grew. So it's always been wow. in my life, but I wouldn't say it was until like 2020 that it became such a big part of my life.
0: So you mentioned high school and you mentioned going back in lockdown. What What was the drawback? Was it just like, oh, these, you know, Blu-rays or DVDs or whatever are here? Was it like, uh, I guess I got Disney Plus? Oh, Star Wars, right. I remember watching that with my brothers. Like, what was it that brought you back?
1: It was, I don't, God, I don't even know. It was like a switch went off in my brain. We did get Disney Plus. So I had a lot of access to it. Um,
0: That tab just stares at you, right? It's just like Star Wars. It's like Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel. You know, it's just, it just, like, you got to explore all the tabs, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think I also just regressed a little bit into my high school self while I was in lockdown because I was suddenly thrust home from college and like back in my childhood bedroom, back living with my parents. And I was like, might as well become my 16, 17 year old persona again.
0: Right. Right. That's I, I kind of felt that same way as like, still in my own house, but like. It was like animal crossing for the switch dropped around the same time that lockdown started. I was just like, I haven't spent like 10 hours a day playing a video game since like freaking high school. Like this is amazing. And it's just like kind of working from home, but like working, you know, like it was just, yeah, I just dove right into it and just sweatpants and animal crossing. That was a good time. Um, terrible but also kind of like great. yeah uh, yeah
1: <laughs> it was nice not being able to do anything because you had an excuse little not little to bit, do yeah. anything <laughs> but it got real old real quick
0: did it ever yeah um all right so that I, I i always love like what there seems to be this gap of like people being you know introduced to star wars when they were really young and then jumping back into it so it's it's so interesting to be like you know it just happened it was just like a, a switch went off in your brain where did you start when when you jumped back in did you go right back to the prequels or did you start somewhere else
1: no i started in a release order with the original trilogy
0: okay all right do you have a favorite movie or a favorite trilogy
1: i mean the prequel trilogies are my favorite and i'd say revenge of the sith is my favorite movie but i'm a big defender of the phantom menace (laughs) i have such a soft spot for it
0: wow okay what is it about phantom menace that that hits you in the in the soft spot feels there
1: I think it was a great setup I think every story needs a good setup and even if it's almost like a filler movie in that sense I mean you get to see Anakin's childhood innocence and it really adds to him becoming Darth Vader like even if the script Mm. wasn't that great the overall storyline was and of course Qui-Gon
0: Hell yeah yeah absolutely big big Qui-Gon fan myself so can't really argue there and uh I I like the Phantom Menace it gets a lot of shit but like I I like that movie it showed like you said shows young Anakin Qui-Gon pod racing you can't like come on you can't argue with how badass pod racing is one of the best fight sequences in Star Wars in you know the 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 epic excuse me Epic fight sequence uh, that we get between uh, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Maul. Um, it's, yeah, there, there's some filler in there, but like, there's a lot of great stuff too.
1: Absolutely. And Maul was iconic. I mean, he got a total of like six minutes of screen time in the whole film, and that just set the stage. My oldest brother literally went as Maul for Halloween like that year at like nine years old. Nice. So iconic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's one of those characters that's kind of like Boba Fett in a way and I watched uh, I watched the was it the behind the scenes making of or whatever of Boba Fett that just dropped on Disney Plus. I was watching that earlier today. And thinking about that character and like a few of these like how can Star Wars do this with so many characters? You have Maul, you have like Boba Fett and the, these characters that have like one or two lines, 6 minutes of screen time. And it's just like instantly iconic, whether it's the double-bladed lightsaber, the cool Boba Fett helmet, that it's just like, I want to know everything, but also nothing about these characters to kind of keep them mysterious. But like, I kind of also want the stories to evolve and and continue. And uh, I love what they did with Maul. You didn't ever get, uh, I didn't anyway. I never got sick of him through like Clone Wars, Rebels, whatever. It was just like the perfect amount of like this dude is just holding on with this anger and everything else and just being a menace uh phantom menace if you will uh through the whole (laughs) through the this whole series and and just continues so um yeah underrated movie phantom menace i i I hear you on that one that's uh, nice to see another phantom menace (laughs) defender uh favorite character overall
1: overall is is obi-wan kenobi i mean that's like my personality trait at this point I do love Ahsoka, person but to have on this. Obi-Wan is always my number one guy.
0: Yep. Uh, Ahsoka's another, yeah, great, great She's character. Incredible. And exists because of the cartoons and the Clone Wars. And for, like, inside baseball to when we're recording this, Ahsoka started, like, the series started filming today, which is awesome, May 9th. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday. The episode will drop Wednesday when people get to listen to this. But like, as of today, as of this afternoon, Ahsoka started filming, which is crazy, crazy and super exciting. And I'm, yeah, I'm just hoping to, to love that character even more after we see this, uh, this series. Um, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but maybe not. I don't know. I've been surprised before, but I always ask this question. If you had force powers, would you go light side or dark side?
1: I've thought about this in length. Um, I don't think I'd ever go dark side, right? Um, so I, like I probably would
0: though I like, <laughs> you're like I don't <laughs> I think. probably
1: wouldn't. I don't know. I'm a pretty passionate person and a little hot headed. Something might set me off. Um, I might go mall like that, but I think I would be light side. And the reason I say I think is because I know the council would hate me. I know right. they would hate me. Right. Like I would yeah. not listen, I would do my own thing and I resent authority, so like I wouldn't like them. It would mm-hmm. kind of be like an Anakin uh, situation where they tell me to do something and I'm like, mm, "Yep. We'll see."
0: Yeah, that's I instantly connected with uh, with Qui-Gon for that reason. Is just like 100% light side. I'm always going to go light side. I'm always going to go good or whatever. But like, don't also don't tell me what to do. So I'm just like, you know, you just I, I get that that bit of like, I'm going to do things my own way. I'm going to like do my own yeah path or whatever. But uh, very, very Qui-Gon-esque in that in that sense, for sure.
1: Yeah, I want to do good. I I believe in that, you know, patience, kindness, don't hold on to anger, but I want to do it my way.
0: Right, right. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, lightsaber color of choice.
1: Green. Um, nice. Yeah, I've always loved a green saber. There's so many cool colors. I do like red. I think it's because red and green are my favorite colors. Okay. But probably, yeah, green, because I'd be on the light side, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't get that red if you're going to stick to light side, so you might have to go mall for a little bit. Uh, but then you could, you could heal... A red crystal, and that's how you get the the white the white sabers like Ahsoka has. That's true. So some options there for you if you ever do you go to the dark side and (laughs) want to come back. Uh, So good, but yeah, my my default is is green as well. Uh, That's what I chose in Galaxy's Edge, and that's usually my my favorite saber. Like like we talked about uh, Return of the Jedi in the last episode, and like that opening. Action scene where you see Luke's green saber for the first time is like my peak moment of Star Wars. That is just always if I if you say Star Wars, that is what I think about. So I just that that green saber.
1: Yeah, I have my Luke saber up there and you can kind of see it. I don't know. I was going to keep it on, but it made like a really bad glare because of my terrible webcam. But I pretty much always have it set to green. That's great. Holy I know, I got a cool plug for it and everything, but That's awesome. I love Is this that like one.
0: a NeoPixel?
1: No. Kind of um,
0: remake kind of thing.
1: I would have I should have gotten a NeoPixel. I couldn't just so buy that money. It's really good quality for a base I do yeah. like it a lot.
0: All right. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's super bright. Uh like you said for a baselet, usually it's like the NeoPixel like
1: I know. But, uh, that's, that's next awesome. on my list.
0: Yeah. It always it like when anytime I'm ordering a saber, um which also, if you're looking for a saber, anyone listening, uh, go to Level Up Sabers. Uh, they're not Level Up Lightsabers; it just had a little branding change. So Level Up Sabers, I have an affiliate link in the show notes. Give me a little kickback if you buy a saber, which is awesome. Helps support the show. Um, but they do have uh, some some recreation ones, but also like just basic sabers and stuff. Uh, but I also, I always, anytime I'm looking for a, a lightsaber, it's it's such a tough choice between baselet, which is great for dueling and you can kind of beat the ever-loving crap out of versus a NeoPixel, which is like cool to show. But you shouldn't kind of beat the crap out of it because the electronics go through the blade, which obviously if you're dinging around lights that are inside a blade, that's gonna break some stuff. So uh, tough choice for sure. But that's kind of why most of like the the level up saber that I have is baselet because I want to be able to beat the ever-loving crap out of it.
1: Yeah, my my current two are baselet. That way, I can duel people with either of my sabers. My next one, I'll probably treat myself to a NeoPixel. But mm-hmm. I think they both have their pros and cons.
0: For sure, I wanna. I don't know if you've ever seen the the level level up stuff, but uh, Alan does a really really cool like pirate blade that has like a, a knuckle kind of guard over it, and then he has a a flat curved blade like a pirate sword um, that also adds kind of a, a guard to the top of the saber and I want that so bad in Neopixel just so I can be a pirate Jedi and I just chill that. on the beach and just just do that I and love that's that all I want in life that is yeah I, I kind of need that um, yeah I need to get that blade <laughs> uh, I'm just going to like follow my own links uh, okay last question about you this is a new question i've never asked this one but i've been kind of like thinking about this question to ask people for a bit so what is your affiliation of choice when you're watching star wars when you're you're thinking about where you'd like to be in this galaxy jedi bounty hunter, sith rebel pilots what's what's your favorite kind of affiliation or or guild uh in, in star wars
1: i am inclined to the jedi as like kind of basic and lame as that might sound, I, I would probably be a Jedi, but like a close second would be a bounty hunter just because I think it'd be cool to hang around. People pay me to kill somebody, I do it, and then I just go back to hanging <laughs> around and that's my life.
0: I like that. I I mean, I, I literally just said I'd love to be a pirate Jedi. So hanging with Hondo and and doing- I would love to with hang with Hondo, lot, Hondo be, every yeah, day. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Like, you want to, like, ask me a Star Wars drinking buddy or something like that? Like, oh, no. Hondo. Actually, every day.
1: I mean, when we were introduced to Hondo in the Clone Wars, he kind of did spike Anakin and Obi-Wan's drinks. So, right. I don't know if I would consider him a great drinking buddy. I don't know yeah. if I can trust him. I yeah, got,
0: that's, a, that's a solid point.
1: I'll hold my drink close, <laughs> right. but I'll drink <laughs> right. with
0: him. I'll pour my own drink, but I want to be in the room while he's also having a drink. That's, yeah. yeah. There, I'm glad we got that clarification. Uh, awesome. Well, I'm glad we, we got to know a little bit more about Alex and your your introduction to Star Wars. Uh, so thank you for sharing all that stuff with us. Of course. Uh, next, we can't have a Star Wars episode of a Star, or a, a, an episode of a Star Wars podcast without talking about some stuff that happened on May the 4th. We didn't have an episode for May the 4th, so this is kind of our catch-up We've had a few days, like I said before, it's the ninth while we're recording this. So we've had a few days to kind of like go over the announcements, see what's up. Um, so a couple of quick like highlights. Uh, there were some trailers announced, the Skywalker Sound like mini documentary about like the Apple computers and whatever, you know, the, the integration there of like how iconic sounds are made. Um ton of merch, just a, just a bunch of things. I think two different legacy sabers were announced as well. Um, so ton of stuff. Let's, I'm sure every other star Wars podcast and every news site and whatever has gone over everything. So I don't want to go over everything in detail, but what were maybe like one or two of your highlights for what was announced?
1: Um, obviously the Kenobi trailer, I, actually saw the tweet when i was in my morning meetings at work which which i wasn't on twitter during meetings but um
0: no no i'm never and i
1: remember sitting there was like this meeting needs to end this meeting needs to end i need to watch the kenobi trailer like i was getting so mad at everybody for still talking (laughs) um and i oh my god my heart was pounding and my my brothers and i have a group chat and my my brothers were blowing it up they were like oh my god the kenobi trailer and i was like it was insane that and the um a lot of the new merch a lot of the mm. um the new sabers i'm interested in for sure i mean who wouldn't want a kenobi saber
0: absolutely yeah the other one was uh the oh was it asajj asajj's uh one of hers was was just announced too yes that's a really cool that's going to be really cool really cool uh when i first saw that glancing um i've been playing vader immortal on oculus and when i first saw it it kind of reminded me of the saber that you find in there and then i was like no nah, it's, it's slightly different it was like asajah's but it, like it i would honestly i would love that saber that you find in that game uh and i don't know if you've played that game in, in vr or whatever but like vader is ridiculously intimidating it is awesome he walks right up to you and you just have to like look up and it's it's so badass and uh But you you do find, like, it kind of steal one of Darth Vader's sabers from, <laughs> from his his castle on, on Mustafar, and it's, uh yeah, it's kind of cool, because you just, like, steal it and run away, and uh, then he finds you, and it's oh God, uh, terrifying it sounds... and, and fantastic.
1: Well, Ewan McGregor was saying how he was actually kind of terrified of Vader at the Stormtroopers while filming. Like, he felt like a little kid again. So I feel like if he was scared, any of us would be scared if we saw, like, the vader suit in real life hayden christensen in there
0: i think the closest i'll get i mean i was pretty close to darth vader in like disney world like he walked past me but i think the closest like intimidation like he's staring me down i'm like are you gonna choke me maybe please but no i mean (laughs) uh what uh but uh yeah so i think like the like vr kind of delivers that for sure because it's it, it is very intimidating um anyway, yeah so uh, lightsabers aside I really really like that Skywalker sound mini documentary um I just think that kind of stuff is interesting cuz it's a lot of like I think a lot of people don't appreciate like the work that goes into building those kind of sounds. Cause you just hear a sound and you hear like a lightsaber lighting or the blasters firing. And you just kind of think like, Oh yeah, that's a star Wars sound, but you can hear those and instantly identify them as a star Wars sound. And that kind of like just detail in sound engineering is, is so incredible that you can identify a whole universe by a single sound, whether it's, uh, like I said, a ship, a lightsaber, a blaster, whatever it is, it's like Star Wars has such an iconic sound library. And it was so cool to see some of the history of that and kind of where it's going and, and build it up through this mini documentary. So that was aside from like the Kenobi trailer obviously was like the event. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the highlight. But, uh, that one, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch that. And, uh, and I'd like to hear what, what other people were pumped about. I I mean, I, I know I saw a ton on Twitter and stuff, but, uh, anyone in our discord, if you haven't shared uh, your favorites, um, definitely, definitely do that. And anyone that's not in our discord, Hey, join our discord links in the show notes. Um, so there we go. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of the only news really. I know we kind of brushed past that, but I want to get to the meat of this episode, which is Kenobi. Although they're not quite at the mall screaming Kenobi thing. So maybe I'll save the real like Kenobi uh, for the next one. But this one we're dealing with like some personal stories for Kenobi. And this is the Mandalore plot. We saw this in season two of the Clone Wars uh, episodes. Should have wrote this down. 12, 13, 12
1: 13, 14. 14?
0: Yeah. All right. I was going to say 13, 14, 15. So I'm glad you're Close. on the ball because I am definitely not. Uh, all right. So. Let's just start off with this. Uh, I don't know if you want to like break it down. I, don't, I wasn't really breaking it down by episodes specifically, but I think like just as I watched them, I was kind of keeping some notes and, and doing some different things. But let's start off, I guess, overall story, overview, synopsis. What do you, what do you like about or What do you think people should take away from this as a, a story synopsis kind of thing? To Obi-Wan's story in
1: particular. Well, I mean, or just like
0: the three. I episodes. guess in general. I guess in general, I can take this one if you'd like, and then you can jump in with the Kenobi part of it. So the the I guess overview synopsis of this for anyone that hasn't watched it. Um, if you don't feel like watching it right now, you can pause this episode, go watch those three. And then come back if you don't want any spoilers. But uh, we're gonna jump right into spoilers. So the the basic overall plot of the Mandalore plot is uh, is that Obi Wan has to go to Mandalore because uh, some shit's going down. So he meets uh, an old friend who in quotes in quotes yes uh, Satine and she is uh, she's the leader of Mandalore at this point. And uh, if you've watched other things dealing with the Mandalor- the Mandalorian in particular or uh, or Boba Fett or anything like that. This is a very different Mandalore. So we're introduced to a peaceful Mandalore. They are representative of, I think they say, 1,500 systems or something like that that kind of want out of this war. They don't want to be on the side of the Trade Federation. They don't want to be on the side of the uh, Republic or the Senate or whatever. They don't want the Jedi involved. They just want to be just peaceful, which is like, What? the hell is going on this isn't mandor mandalore like this is what what is this um so so through a few different things basically we find out yeah obi-wan's kind of uh in involved in this there's uh maybe some plotting afoot to uh to take out satine we meet uh clan vizsla who we've seen in other things like the mandalorian or uh or boba fett and uh and then, yeah, uh, Anakin eventually comes along and, and gets involved as well. But uh, that's that's basically it. Yeah, we, we have Obi-Wan kind of playing the protector, but Satine not really wanting anything to do with anything, I guess. Uh, would, would you say that's kind of the best way to summarize it?
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned why is this important to Obi-Wan's story. So do you want to want to jump in with that one?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um- I think the most obvious reason is because of the Duchess Satine. Um, I think there's a lot more to just her and Obi having this romantic history, romantic relationship. Like, sure, people Mm -hmm. love that stuff, but I think it's meant to explore his character a lot more. I mean, even though you don't really know know about the relationship until the Following episode until episode 13, it is heavily hinted. Mm -hmm. I mean, the moment he steps onto Mandalore, they are just flirting back and forth. And Obi-Wan flirts with, like, everybody, but this is, like, (laughs) more intense. Um, And the body language between them, the way he, like, grabs her hand and guides her off. um, Mm -hmm. Or when they were running from Vizsla, she just jumped in his arms so casually. Like, he carried her bridal style, and I was like... Obi doesn't do that with people. That's a little... Um, But I think it was so interesting and so important to his story because I feel like as we've known Obi, he's been presented as the perfect Jedi and a stickler for the code. Um, So to see him have this prior relationship to somebody and to confess to Anakin that like, yes, I had feelings for her and I had to choose between her and the order. And it was difficult. Mm I wasn't, you know, his loyalty to the order wasn't. A hundred percent as a Padawan and probably it's probably like 90%, but still. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And yeah,
0: we, uh, so we, we find out and to give people further context of, of how deep that is, we find out that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan spent a year on Mandalore with her running trying to keep her safe uh he he said something along the lines of like you know living kind of day by day hand to mouth not really knowing what was going on at any given point or who was coming after them it was just basically move 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 for a full year of just closeness with this person so yeah one one hell of a history
1: absolutely and to see i guess a vulnerable side of Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said to her that he would have left the Order if she asked, and yeah. it's a bit, it's definitely a side of Obi-Wan that I think a lot of us were unfamiliar with. I was very unfamiliar with this part of Obi-Wan, and I really liked it um, because his he was a character that you always knew had a lot of love in his heart, um, but in this setting, it kind of showed that Obi-Wan wasn't the perfect Jedi. He was the ideal Jedi, in my opinion, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't perfect in the eyes of the Council and in the Jedi Code. And I think that that's a hugely important part to his character and to his storyline. I think that humanizes him a little bit. Not that he wasn't always humanized, but it was so essential to see this romantic side of him and this history with her and his hesitancy to the Mm -hmm. order in periods of his life, especially as a young Padawan.
0: And you start to understand why he could turn the other way when Anakin and Padme were going through similar stuff, or he could at least understand, you know, he, he knew the entire time. There's no way he didn't know what was going on. He's like, you said, one of the best Jedi out there. It was uh, just, very very obvious but uh you get things in this and the writers had no problem whether it was coming from Obi-Wan or someone else the writers of this episode or this this arc had no problem throwing the Jedi under the bus even with Yoda uh very there's lines like uh but Yoda referring to Yoda but he usually leaves out the undercurrent of remorse when they're talking about Jedi not forming attachments like you said the line have had you said the word I would have left the Jedi order Obi-Wan saying that to Satine 100% always kills me cuz you think at that point that one of them is going to die and you know that Obi-Wan's in the <laughs> next episode the next movie so you think at that point it's probably going to be her Yeah Doesn't happen at that moment but um yeah like there's such a, a history there and there's such a, a it grounds him Absolutely Like you said right you you just you understand that okay, this this isn't an infallible Jedi. Like this guy knows what attachments are. He, yeah, eventually kind of, whatever, got over them or, or moved on or, or stuck with the Order. But you can tell there's still a lot of remorse there.
1: Absolutely. And
0: it's, I, yeah.
1: I think it parallels Anakin in a way. Oh, yeah. Um, It just shows as to where... Obi-Wan made his choice. Anakin never did. Mm -hmm. He tried to have both and that contributed to his downfall.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was, and, but at the same time, I have to wonder if, yeah, maybe it was the having both, but like Obi-Wan would have been saved so much heartache if he had just left. I guess, in in a way, I suppose, like, I guess everything still would have gone down, maybe in a similar way. But like, I don't know, it's it, it, one of those what if episodes that I really want to happen. Like, what if Obi-Wan went off with Satine? And like, uh, I mean, we already have Corky, and I kind of want to know Corky's background, because... i want that guy to take a genetics test that's all i'm saying right now i would love Uh, to believe (laughs) i would love to
1: believe that that's their love child but i also feel like if it was their love child disney would have ran with that by now
0: maybe you never know We're, we're just starting to get the ball rolling on disney like going into some of the depths of of characters and stuff i'm i'm hoping corky makes a comeback and we see we see the confirmation hey who knows maybe even in kenobi we'll get like a, hey what's old up Easter old egg. ben guess what i'm your kid and that's you know obi-wan is like what no way um let's do a dna test you are the father <laughs> we get like a whole like no my god uh yeah that'd be great um <laughs> that I, i'm just yeah, picturing there's...
1: like in a cantina
0: yeah, echoing, oh yeah, yeah.
1: like a little talk show going on <laughs>
0: That is exactly what I want to happen. Just a whole episode like that mid season break when like all the action in the prior episode is like just hitting that point where you're like, what's going to happen next? And then the next episode is a weird, weird, like talk show. And that's the whole thing. And it's just like, what the hell actually just happened? Is this the same show? And everyone hates it on Twitter, but like the two of us just secretly love it because it's exactly what we want. Just, yeah, I like that. That's a hundred percent. If that doesn't happen. I'm going to be very angry. We only have six episodes of this to deal with. I want them to waste one full episode on Corky uh, and, and a, a weird uh, talk show game show DNA test. I think we should be star Wars. If you need some writers Absolutely. right here. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, <laughs> this completely went off the rails. So I'm going to go back. <laughs> to uh some favorite moments we we mentioned a few any other favorites for you like stuff that was either are there moments or things that were that we saw introduced here
1: so many um the introduction of the dark saber i oh, yeah. was shook i i was like holy crap like
0: mm-hmm.
1: i was shook there's no other way to describe it i saw that and i was like oh my god there it is
0: and it's so important it now, is
1: now, like the way it connects to current yeah. Star Wars.
0: Yeah. It's it's amazing to go back and see these three episodes and be like, holy crap, this is all connected to like right now Star Wars. Like there's a Mando helmet right behind me right now. And that's where you see the Darksaber in these episodes in this cartoon from years ago. And that is where this is going. Like it's all tying in together. So it's amazing. Amazing. Anything else?
1: Um. One of my favorite quotes of these three episodes was when Satine introduces General Kenobi as, I presume you're acquainted with the collection of half-truths and hyperboles that is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Incredible introduction.
0: Yeah. You cannot, like, just so cutting- Instantly and just tells you everything you need to know about her, her thoughts on Kenobi, her thoughts on maybe the entire Jedi order, because if he's the perfect Jedi or at least a model Jedi, like 100%, like, you know, everything you need to know about this character and her feelings in that biting, incredible line. So perfect.
1: Absolutely. And that entire episode, one of my favorite things was just Anakin lurking in the background, like knows what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Teasing
1: Obi-Wan. Just has that look on his face. I love that.
0: Yep. Speaking of Anakin, one of my favorite scenes, favorite moments, um, just because of what it kind of foreshadows in this is you you do, like you said, you you get this playful Anakin in a sense of like, like shame, shame. I know your name. Like, you know, that kind of Anakin of like, I know what's going on. Like, all right, cool. You ignore what I'm doing with Padme. I'll ignore what you're, what's what's going on here. But then at the same time, you have this Anakin who has zero problem just shish kebabbing some dude from behind cold blood. And it's this epic standoff. And then it just like, Yes, that was the outcome that kind of needed to happen. This guy needed to die, but Anakin just did it, and it was just No
1: hesitation through the chest. Zero
0: hesitation, straight through the chest, and afterwards was just kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. Absolutely. You guys want shawarma? Like, what? What?
1: I think about that all the time. Like, I think about that scene at least once a week, and partially (laughs) because of Obi-Wan's reaction where he was just like – like you expected more of a scolding. He was just like, Anakin. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and I'm like, we're just going to let that go? Of all the things you've yelled at Anakin for, we're just going to let it go that he, no hesitation, stabbed a man through the chest like that? I mean, that is not the Jedi way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did think that was a bit foreshadowing. And when I went back and rewatched that episode. I swear on my life, like, I replayed this scene three times. As Merrick's body falls to the ground, the score that's playing, you literally hear, like, dun-dun-dun, like, one little part of the Imperial March. I thought it was crazy. I had to replay it five, three to five times. I was like, am I hearing things? But there's... And there's a lot of music in the Clone Wars that if you listen mm-hmm. closely it takes bits of the imperial march like in scene oh, yeah. with anakin and that was one of them and i was speechless when i realized
0: yeah that's amazing uh, i love that you picked up on that because i certainly didn't on this uh rewatch that i just did uh for these episodes so i'm really really happy that you did that and uh, you caught that because there are a lot of instances whether it's in Clone Wars or, or through Star Wars that you get those hints and they're so good with music. And I can't wait to hear what they do with the Kenobi music. Apparently it was perfect and written in like two weeks.
1: And John Williams. Williams song, Yeah. I cannot wait.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, Yeah. So good. Uh, It's, but yeah, I love, I love those little hints at like, okay, everything's fun and playful now, but like, don't forget this guy's going to be Darth Vader. He's gonna come for you. Like, it's so heartbreaking. I know. And that's why Star I want to forget. Just, just pain all the time. Just pain. As soon as you start to have fun, it's just like. But remember, pain's coming. I don't. Uh, I don't know what you're a...
1: talking about. Anakin is on Naboo with his wife and kids. I just saw right, him. Of course.
0: Yeah. Like... No. It's great. It's great. Um, yeah. There's there. There are so many great things. I'm just trying to look through my notes. But uh, until. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to move on to the the next question that I have here, which is, do you think we're going to see threads of this pop up in Kenobi? Aside from obviously our quirky episode, do you think there's going to be some stuff from this, whether it's Obi-Wan just kind of reflecting on all the shit that has recently gone down? Because this is a few years after Order 66. He's isolated looking over luke but seems to be some conflict there obviously in the trailer we saw some conflict with uh with uncle owen some like burning conflict there, <laughs> you know like,
1: like you trained his father
0: like, like you trained his father yeah oh god savage um so do you think we're gonna we're, we're gonna see any of this like a reflection on should i have left the order reflection on the stuff that happened on mandalore does he does he uh you know, is, is, is anything from this arc going to come back and, and haunt or bite him in the ass? Or, or are we going to see this at all?
1: Possibly, Um, because he does blame himself for Anakin's downfall. And I think there's a part of him that might think, you know, if I if I left the order, none of this would have happened. Um We're going to get Clone Wars flashbacks. That's confirmed. And Mandalore played such a crucial role in the clone wars that i wouldn't be surprised but i can't i don't know for sure like we'll definitely get those clone wars flashbacks if any of them will include mandalore um the kenobi book i'm reading he talks to qui-gon a bit and he does bring up sateen so maybe they'll do something like that in the series. Hmm. Um, I'd be surprised if we saw her in a flashback, though. I don't think I'm expecting that.
0: Ooh, yeah, that'd be interesting. But be I'd, Very interesting, yeah. I, I don't think I'm expecting that either, but it would be cool.
1: Also, with the way so many, so, so many of these um, shows, I mean, you have The Mandalorian, and then you have The Book of Boba Fett, which was like, another season of the mandalorian i wouldn't be surprised if they try to contribute a little bit of mandalore just it's it's got to keep up with the theme
0: yeah absolutely absolutely i and that was going to be my next question do you think we're going to see this in other bits of star wars and i think i think you answered that and i think we've been talking about that a little bit of like that is modern star wars and a lot like the threads that started in this arc whether they connect directly the, to the Kenobi series, or they just get continued in stuff like Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, wherever else that stuff goes, even Ahsoka, we we might see some some hints of that kind of stuff because of, um, because just because of the the Ghost crew that I'm expecting to be possibly in there. Um,
1: if if she you know, shows yeah. up in Kenobi, I think I would cry.
0: Oh man, yeah.
1: Cause the, but also the idea of her living the rest of her life, never seeing Obi-Wan again, and the mm-hmm. only time she sees Anakin again is when he's Vader, like, that would break my heart. Like, if she thinks that Obi died in, like, Order 66 or something, I couldn't live with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we know she's around because we've seen her with Luke, uh, and we've seen her in, you know, in the, the after... After Return of the Jedi. So we know she she is. She's around. So yeah, I guess we could get a, a hint of what what is she doing right now? I mean, yeah. she was at this point. She would have been. Maybe kind of working for the ghost crew or that's probably even a couple of years after this, wouldn't it be?
1: I think so. I trying think, to think was, of
0: timelines. She,
1: maybe it's like give maybe a little bit after. I know I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of the timeline, too. Um, I do know that Ahsoka tried to reach for Anakin in the Force following Order 66 and never could. Um, so I would like to believe that she tried to reach out to Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and at least knew he was alive.
0: Yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah, Now that you say that, I wonder if, if we'll see her in this. That'll be interesting. Very interesting uh any other notes about uh about this this arc why why you love it why you think star wars fans should uh should care about this why it's important
1: i think a big one which we kind of touched on before was how Satine her pacifism and her forgetting the word Uh, uh. okay Satine. (laughs) uh Satine's pacifism and the way she was so against the war stands in such sharp contrast to everything else that we had seen in the Clone Wars thus far and to Mm -hmm. what we know generally, um, especially at that time. And I think it really highlights the hypocrisy of the Order and the things wrong with the Order. Um, There is a lot of shade thrown even a little bit by Obi-Wan, but mostly by mm-hmm. Satine. She found a way to make me when I first watched this, make me realize like the fault in the war and the fault in Obi-Wan and Anakin participating in this war. Like she definitely highlighted how the Jedi have strayed and how their political loyalty, even though they're not supposed to be involved in politics, has caused them to stray from their beliefs, I mean they were supposed to be keepers of the peace and now they're war generals that's
0: mm-hmm. yeah she she called the whole thing and basically, without saying it, she said like you're being manipulated, right like she called it before anyone else really did of like you you are all being manipulated, you're being coerced into this war, you're being turned into warriors instead of peacekeepers. and after this, like Obi-Wan really should have started to investigate the the puppeteer because clearly something was behind the scenes. Someone was doing more. And I don't think if memory serves me correctly, we really got an Obi-Wan that obviously we didn't get an Obi-Wan that investigated enough because he didn't solve it before everything went down with Palpatine. He didn't avoid order 66 or, or solve any of the problems that, that came up later. But to me, everything that happened here, especially with his personal connection to Satine, um, you know, I think we see again, that little bit of fallacy in Obi-Wan. We're supposed to see him as like the perfect Jedi, but we're starting to see those little cracks and his, his human side of, of being fallible and, and just being like, yeah, something's fishy going on anyway. And again, where are we off to next? Uh, You know, it's, it's like, shit dude take a break absolutely take a breather figure this out like there's a puppeteer here there's someone doing some sketchy shit like you know i guess part of it it.
1: probably thought like oh it's it's on dooku probably right um which wasn't entirely wrong i mean the death watch responded to dooku um it was interesting to me how at the end of episode 14 when Satine cleared her name and proved to the Senate that Mandalore doesn't want, soldiers doesn't want to be involved in this war, and they can handle this on their own, that Dooku kind of just, like, dropped the Death Watch, and that was it. Yeah. And everyone just moved on. It was like, okay. And I, I also wonder if, I mean, part of that was definitely the jedi's fault and the fault of the war that obi-wan didn't investigate it further because he didn't have the chance um they so very quickly would ship him out somewhere else because apparently anakin and obi-wan and ahsoka were the only jedi that could fight in this war
0: yeah
1: (laughs) um that's all and that could also be part of palpatine's doing because everybody knew i mean obi-wan was astute he was intelligent he was loyal to the order and if he, if any of these Jedi could catch on to it, it would be him. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was also Palpatine orchestrating so much behind the scenes to keep Obi-Wan busy. I mean, I, I believe that part of the reason Anakin's downfall happened is because Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka split up. I'm not blaming Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. I think so many things mm-hmm. went wrong. But I can get onto the theory that if the three of them just stuck together and if Anakin trusted them, he might have never fallen.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, there's that pain again. There I we know. go. <laughs> uh, so one one last thing before we go is we, we have talked about how this ties into modern Star Wars, the live action stuff, the Mandalorian. Uh, one thing you'll notice in this episode is that no one's really wearing helmets or at least they don't, they're not afraid to take them off. Uh, so one thing that I mentioned in, you know, when we, when we were preparing for this is, you know, I, I just kind of thought out loud in the documents, uh, you know, when did the helmet rule come into play, but you kind of cleared that up a little bit. So can you share that for anyone that might go back and watch this? Uh, what, what have you found about, the the Mandalorians and and their helmet and you know it, obviously Din was part of the children of the watch which we can kind of assume is a religious cult death watch that's a super crazy uh, strict religious cult um, so what what have you kind of found
1: yeah so I was curious about that too so I was looking it up and I was doing some reading and the idea is that Din is a child of the watch and they prove their devotion to the creed by never removing their helmets as to where a lot of the mandalorians that we see in rebels and the clone wars who always take their helmets off no problem are native mandalorians by blood they were born there um so it's a possibility that they don't need to prove their devotion because of their bloodline Mm -hmm. as to where someone like din who wasn't born on mandalore and was brought in to be a child of the watch he was taught to prove his devotion by never taking off his helmet i mean we don't know for sure but i think that's an interesting theory
0: Hmm. for sure yeah i'm really curious to see where mandalorian season three picks up now that he's been kind of you're a mandalorian no more but like he has a dark saber so like can he take his helmet off now if he wants to or does he like i don't it was so weird where they left that off with boba fett it's just like come on, dude, you're the ruler of Mandalore. Like, she can't tell you you're not a Mandalorian. You can tell her she's not a Mandalorian. Like, kick her out.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, in my brain, I'm like, he's dead. He can do whatever he wants. But he is connected to House Vizsla. Like, he has a right to the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. So he's dead and he can do whatever he
0: wants. Damn straight, yeah.
1: <laughs> He'll bend the rules. It's fine.
0: I think so. I think it's going to be interesting to see. And and again, I love how this, this little arc, I... I what, re-watching it just kind of like man there's so much that was like the seeds are planted right here to what's going on in in other shows so absolutely
1: really, really cool. and re-watching it changed my perspective a bit too the first time i watched it i was like oh my god Satine is so annoying and then i watched it again and i was like wait she's got a point like yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: she kind of knows what's going on the first
1: on. time i was so blindly loyal to the jedi and to obi-wan and anakin that i was like shut up sateen and then i watched it again and i was like yeah oh you know what i admire this woman she's she's got a point i take yeah, back what she, i said
0: she knows what's going on like i said she sees right through the bullshit she cuts right through the bullshit and uh yeah i i'll tell you man she she's uh She's very convincing in her in her convictions. Uh to the point where, you know, she told Obi Wan to shave his beard. And I'm like, man, man, maybe I should shave. I don't know. That's uh she's convincing. She's I, I
1: she's, disagree. She's those, I agree it's, with it's... her taste in men. <laughs> I think she's got great taste in men. I think she has terrible taste in facial hair. I think everyone looks better with the beard personally. It's a team right, girl, well, I don't know. Good know.
0: Yeah, yeah, good good to know. Uh team beard. That's that's good. I I I I did shave while I had COVID. I shaved for the first time in like a couple of years. So now this is like a few weeks growing back. I'm like, yeah, there it is. All right, I'm I'm back. Um, Got to keep so you yeah, it warm it's, it's... up in Canada. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's yeah. I'm very much looking forward to the summer. Uh, but that's. I think that's about it. Before we start talking about the weather, that is a good place to wrap up. So Alex, thank you so much for joining me. This is a, a great chat. To get to know a little bit more about Kenobi before his show comes out, uh, can you please tell people where they can find you on the internet?
1: Of course. Um, you can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch under Ali Graz, A L L I G R A Z, and on Instagram as Alex Graziano they uh somebody else took Allegra's. i'm really upset about it i want to
0: get those those people yeah but Uh, for sure we'll come after them
1: and on my twitter and stuff i have a uh, card with my links to everything as well so
0: excellent excellent i'll I'll provide some show note uh links as well so people can just click there and and find all your all your links as well uh so once again yeah thank you so much for for coming on this is awesome
1: thank you for having me it was a lot of fun i would love to do it again
0: Excellent, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have you back for sure. Uh, so for for Charlie and uh, and myself, you can find us. Uh, Charlie is the C three, but you have to spell it all out, so C E E T H R E E. I am at the underscore Kinerdian on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, pretty much everywhere. I think uh, I, I got that. That one. Um, and I always think of changing it, and I'm like, nah, that's too much hassle. It's it's everywhere. Um, and you can find everything that the secret friends do over at secretfriendsunite.com or at secret friends you on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Rex, play us out. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Seeker Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Seeker Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.